بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وحبيبنا وقرة أعيننا محمد بن عبد الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في قرآنه العزيز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا وهو العزيز الغفور All praise and thanks be to Almighty Allah Rabbul Alameen The Lord of all worlds Maliki Yawmiddin Owner of the Day of Judgment We ask him to send his choicest of blessings and salutations upon the final messenger, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, his family members, his companions, and every single individual who treads on his path with ikhlas, with sincerity until the end of time. I begin by reminding myself and then all of you all who have gathered here for Salatul Jumu'ah to bring in a life of taqwa, and that is to be conscious of Allah, conscious of your maker, conscious of your creator during every single second of your lives. And you must do this if you wish to attain victory and success in this world as well as the next. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from the people of taqwa and may he make us from the victorious and successful ones. Ameen. The ayat I read at the inception from Surah Al-Mulk. Tabarakal ladhi biyadihi al-mulk wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadeer. Alladhi... خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلَهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that it is He who created خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ He created death وَالْحَيَاةَ And He created life. And then He mentions for what purpose لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلَهُ So that He may test you. Test you regarding what? To test you as to which one of you Ahsanu amala Is best in good deeds Now in the Quran You will come across Two terms Two words That are used for tests That are used for trials That are used for calamities And these two words are Al-Bala One and number two, fitna. Al-bala and fitna. Two words in the Quran. Fitna, the word fitna, you have slight nuances because there are layers of seduction, if you will, temptation, if you will, misguidance that are connected with the trials of with the trials related to the word fitna. Whilst al-bala is a more broader term with the meaning of tests, trials, and calamities. Now, when you take these two terms, the, one of the literal meanings is to put 
a metal into a furnace. Those of you who are familiar with gold and silver, if you're in the trade, you have to run it through a furnace. Why do you put it through a furnace? To purify the metal from impurities. Because there may be other metals, other elements, if you will. So you run it through, a blacksmith would run the metal through a furnace to purify it of impurities. So similarly, so this is one of the meanings of al-fitan, al-fitna. So these tests, trials and calamities can also be looked at in that sense. Like a blacksmith putting gold and silver through a furnace to purify it of its impurities, Allah Azza wa Jal puts us through tests, through trials, through calamities to purify us from impurities, from sins as you will see inshaAllah. The title for today's sermon, if you're curious to know, when is a test, when is a trial considered a punishment from Allah and when is it considered a mercy from Allah? Now none of us can deny, all of us will attest to the fact that we are all being tested. At times mankind in general is tested. When you take something like COVID, it affected the entire globe, the entire world. So you have general en masse tests. And then along with that, you have personal tests. Every single individual in the crowd. If I were to ask for a show of hands now as to whether any one of you can say, I am not facing a single test in my life. You would be lying because Allah says he tests us. We are all going through tests. So like I said, you have general tests and you have personal tests. Tests in the form of wealth related tests, health related tests, family related tests, marriage related tests, parenting related tests, sources of income related tests, employment related tests, society related tests. So you have different types of tests that we as individuals are afflicted with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah again, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقُسٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ For those of you who are familiar with the Arabic language, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ There are layers of emphasis. There are layers, not just one layer of emphasis. Layers of emphasis where Allah says, We will surely, we will definitely, verily, we will test you بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ With something of fear. Fear. Remember when COVID gripped the world, there was fear in everybody's hearts. We were facing the unknown. There were laws being passed every day. Announcements being made. We didn't know what to do. During a recession, there is fear. So, بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ We will test you with fear. وَالْجُوعِ We will test you with hunger. وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ We will test you with a loss of wealth. A loss of wealth. وَالْأَنْفُسِ A loss of lives. You will lose lives, loved ones, family, friends. And eventually we have to go as well. وَالثَّمَرَاتِ And you will lose provisions. There will be shortages of food. And then Allah goes on to say, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ 
but give glad tidings unto those who are patient. In Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Alif Lam Mim Ahasiban Nasu Ayyutraku أحسب الناس أن يتركوا أن يقولوا آمنا وهم لا يفتنون أحسب الناس أن يتركوا Does mankind think that they will be left to say Amanna, we believe in Allah, وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ And that they will not be tested. Does mankind think that just because he says, I believe in Allah, that he is not going to be tested? So all of these ayat clearly point out, my dear brothers in Islam, that tests are inevitable. They are part and parcel of this worldly life. Now to answer the question, that is the title of this sermon. When is it considered a punishment and when is it considered a mercy from Allah? You should understand that stage one, and this is the primary stage of tests, the primary principle stage that it is a punishment. It is a punishment from Allah. And these are not my words. I'm going to support what I just said with teachings from the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says in the Noble Quran, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ That, along the lines of these words, a calamity never afflicts you all, except that it is because of what your hands have earned. What your hands have earned. Ali radiallahu anhu is reported to have said, مَا نَزَلَ بَلَاءٌ إِلَّا بِذَنْبٍ That a test, remember the word I said at the beginning, bala and fitna. A test, a bala does not descend except through a sin. It is except through sins that tests come down. وَلَا رَفَعَ إِلَّا بِتَوْبَةٍ And it will not be removed except through tawbah. A test does not come down except that it comes because of a sin. And it is not removed. It does not depart except through tawbah. In another place, our maker subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, this is in Surah Al-Rum, ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِ النَّاسِ That fasad, corruption, has become apparent on the face of this earth, فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ On land and in, on sea, بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِ النَّاسِ And it is because of what mankind has earned through his hands. In another place, our maker subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, مَا أَصَابَ مِن مُسِيبَةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ نَبْرَأَهَا إِنَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٍ لِكَيْ لَا تَأْسَوْ عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا بِمَا آتَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورٍ That no disaster strikes upon the earth amongst yourselves except that it is in a register before we bring it into being. And then Allah goes on to say in that ayah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورٍ And Allah does not like the individual who is arrogant, who is proud, 
who is boastful today because of money people are arrogant but where did the money come from now you might say i inherited it my father's wealth generational wealth my father left properties all over colombo and that's how i am rich who gave your father the money who gave your grandfather the money and who has the power to take it in milliseconds just overnight in a recession you see markets crashing people's wealth being wiped away you know of the crypto crash how many people had their money invested in it stock market crashes 50% of the portfolio gone overnight it is in allah's hands it is allah who gives and allah can take and allah abhors allah hates arrogance allah hates pride but today how many of us are boastful how many of us are arrogant because of the vehicle that we drive or because of the address that we have our bank balances because of what we wear because of our connections the people we move with and rub shoulders with that we look down upon others we look down upon others so when all these sins are happening my dear brothers in islam why are we surprised when there are tests coming from allah when you see bad weather when you see earthquakes when you see and hear of diseases that you have never ever heard of it is from allah so the first stage the primary stage my dear brothers in islam is a punishment i'm going to give you a hadith a narration of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam listen attentively the hadith is recorded in the book of imam abu dawood rahimahullah the prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam he says ya ma'shar al muhajirin he addresses the muhajirun and he says there are five things which you will be tested and i seek the protection of allah that you do not live to see these things what are the five things the prophet says lam tadhhar al fahishatu fi qaumin qat hatta yu'linu bihim hatta yu'linu biha illa fashafihim at-ta'un wal awja' allati lam takun madat fi aslafihim alladhina madaw immorality indecency obscenity vulgarity when this appears amongst the people to such an extent that they start committing it openly the prophet is saying plagues and diseases that were never known amongst them and the people before them will spread amongst them allahu akbar the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says walam yanqusul miqyala wal mizan illa ukhidu bisinin wa shiddatil mu'na wa jawri sultani alayhim when they start cheating in their weights and measures you see weights and measures if you are in a business where you use weights and measures to weigh things then this is applicable but along with that you can make analogy for any type of business any type of business you may be selling any product if you cheat if you lie with regards to those products if there are hidden defects in the product then you're cheating you're lying you're not an upright businessman why for profit you're lying So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says when that happens they will be stricken with famine drought and severe calamity different calamities and mark my words the oppression of their rulers their rulers will begin to oppress them their leaders will begin to oppress them 
So you must make the connection, my dear brothers in Islam. Sometimes we're wondering, why is this happening in my life? It is, it is very important for you to go into the teachings of the Prophet, teachings of the Quran and make the connection. Oh, it is because of this, this is happening. The Prophet sallallahu goes on to say, وَلَمْ يَمْنَعُوا زَكَاةَ أَمْوَالِهِمْ إِلَّا مُنِعُوا الْقَطْرَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ When they withhold their zakat, or when they don't give out their zakat properly, some people think that they're giving out their zakat, but they have not calculated their zakat properly. They're only giving 10% of their zakat, 20% of their zakat, 50% of their zakat. If you do not give out 100% of your zakat, which is 2.5% on, on, on a basic calculation, if you don't give out 100% of it, you have not fulfilled the obligation. Simple analogy, you come for Salatul Jum'ah, can you pray one rakah and go? Saying, you know, I prayed one rakah. Is it valid? You prayed only one rakah. Is it valid? It is not valid. You have to pray two rakat. Salatul Dhuhr, you have to pray four rakat. Isha, you have to pray four rakat. Similarly, your zakah has to be calculated properly. And it doesn't end there. You have to give the right people as well. And this is why you have to sit down with the scholars and learn about it. You can't rough, roughly make estimates and give out your zakat. So anyway, coming back to the hadith, the Prophet says, though if they prevent giving out their zakah, not a drop of rain will fall from the sky. Today we are wondering, either it is not raining at all, or when it rains, it rains in places where it is not needed to rain. And because of that there is flooding and there is disaster. You need to make the connection. If you want rain with barakah, with abundance and prosperity, you must make the connection. And the Prophet ﷺ went on to say, If it were not for the animals, not a drop of rain would fall at all. Subhanallah. Therefore, as you can very clearly see in this hadith, due to the fact that I'm running out of time, the primary stage is if you have, if you see punishment, if you see trials and calamities, it is a form of punishment. The second stage is that it is a form of purification. If it comes and you realize that oh it is because of my sins it is because of my mistakes and you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then it transforms now into a stage known as purification the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reported to have said hadith is in the book of imam al-bukhari ma yusibul muslima min nasabin wala wasabin wala hammin wala huznin wala adhan wala ghammin hatta ash-shawkah yushakuha illa kaffara Allah biha min khataya the Prophet says, no fatigue, no disease, no sorrow, no sadness, no hurt, no distress afflicts a Muslim. Even if it be a thorn pricking him, subhanallah, even a tiny thorn pricking a Muslim, a believer, except that Allah forgives his sins through it. So this is the second stage. People tend to get confused. Shaykh, all this while you were saying that, the calamities are because of sins, but here now sins are being forgiven. How? What's the connection? The connection is you have to cross stage one or you have to look into your own life. Am I part of stage one or stage two? Subhanallah. And, and that is a constant battle for a believer. Why he's always on pins and needles. Is this test from Allah a punishment or is it a mercy from Allah? And I have a scary reminder to give you all at this juncture. Please make note that tests through good things 
are more than tests with bad things. Allah says, That we will test you all with good things and bad things. How do you understand this? Sometimes you are given a lot of wealth. There's a good profit. You just closed a deal with a thumping profit. A believer is always careful. This can be a test as well. This can be a test from Allah as to what am I doing with my profit? What am I doing with my wealth? Am I becoming proud? Am I becoming arrogant? Am I fulfilling the rights regarding that wealth? It is a test from Allah. Allah blesses you with a child. It is a good thing. But it is a test from Allah. Suddenly you are given a position. You become the leader of a society. You may be thinking it's a good thing. Yes, of course it is a good thing. It is not a bad thing. But a believer looks at it as a test. It is an amana. It is a test from Allah. So you have to, a believer is always vigilant and careful to identify everything happening in his life and, and, and navigate through those things carefully. The third stage, my dear brothers in Islam, and this is tied with stage two. Now, if you pass these stages, now you begin to rise in your ranks. Allahu Akbar. An interesting hadith where someone goes to the Prophet wasallam and he asks, Ya Rasulullah, the narration goes along the lines of these words, of the people who are the ones tested the most, now based on stage one, your response might be the sinners are the ones tested the most, the criminals are the ones tested the most, but you have to look at it in tandem with stage three and stage two and stage three. The Prophet wasallam says, the ones who are tested the most, Al-Anbiya, the Prophets of Allah. Allahu Akbar. Why? Al-Iyadu Billah, may Allah protect. Is it because they are sinners? No. It is because Allah loves them. That is why they are tested the most. They are rising in their ranks. Al-Anbiya. And then the Prophet says, Thumma'l-Amthal, Fal-Amthal. And then the very next best, after that the very next best. In another hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says that whenever Allah wills good for a person, He subjects that individual to a test. Why? Because if the servant, if the slave of Allah reacts with sabr, like we said at the beginning, وَبَشِّرِ sabirin, Give glad tidings to those who are patient. If he reacts with sabr to that test, it can be financial loss. It can be the loss of a loved one. It can be the collapse of a business. It can be your health. You can be diagnosed with a terminal illness. Al-Iyadu Billah, may Allah bless us all with good health. It can be any of these sicknesses, but you react with sabr, then the Prophet ﷺ says, this brings that individual closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This brings this individual closer to Allah. Why? Because, Wallahu yuhibbu sabirin. Indeed, Allah loves those who are patient. May Allah make us from those who are patient. May Allah make us of those who He loves. I mean, in summary, there have been scholars who have written, that there are multiple blessings that can be derived from trials. Very quickly, I'm going to run through a list. Multiple blessings. Number one, a test makes you realize the power of Allah. Remember, when a pandemic gripped the entire world, people realized how nothing we are. With all the wealth, technology, power, and everything that we have, one tiny virus that cannot even be witnessed by the human eye caused so much of havoc 
in 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 an era where we are looking at uh, traveling to the moon and to Mars and populating Mars, having all of this. And until today, there are people debating as to whether it actually happened or not. Wallahu alam, Allah knows best. So it makes you realize the power of Allah over you. Number two, it makes you realize your servitude unto Allah, that you are a servant of Allah, you are a slave of Allah. When you are tested, you realize. Number three, it makes you sincere unto Allah. Test makes you turn to Allah. Number four, it makes you turn to Him in sincerity and in tawbah. In tawbah. You turn to Him in tawbah. And this is why I said earlier on, the tests of goodness are scarier than the tests of badness. When you lose something, you automatically want to turn to Allah. But when you gain something, you forget Allah. This is why the tests of goodness are scarier than the tests of badness. We keep reminding ourselves. Another blessing is that it makes you forgiving. It makes you humble. I'm listing the blessings. It makes you patient. It makes you pleased with the decree of Allah. It makes you grateful of everything that you have. It purifies you of your sins. It makes you more charitable. It makes you more generous. It makes you think of those who are suffering. Otherwise, you become blind. If you're always enjoying, then you forget about those who are suffering. But when Allah tests you, it's a wake-up call. You remember the people who are suffering. You want to help those who are suffering. It prevents us from arrogance. It prevents us from tyranny. It prevents us from oppression, dhulm. So as you can see, I can go on listing the blessings, my dear brothers in Islam. But as we come to the end, I'd like to remind you, the words of the Prophet ﷺ, everything is good for the believer. The Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, المؤمن, How amazing are the affairs of a believer. For there is good for him in every matter. And this is not the case with anyone except a mu'min, except a believer. When something good happens, he is thankful and he makes shukr. And then Allah increases the blessing for him. If something bad happens, then he holds on to sabr, he holds on to patience, and that is also good for him. His sins are being forgiven, and he is being rewarded. Allahu Akbar. When the Prophet ﷺ was on his deathbed, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, if I am not mistaken, goes to see him a few days before the Prophet ﷺ passed away. As you all know, he had very high fever. This Sahabi, young Sahabi, he goes in, and the narration is along the lines of these words, he touches the Prophet ﷺ, and there's high fever, Allahu Akbar. He says, Ya Rasulullah, you have such high fever. And the Prophet feebly, very weakly responds saying, I have the fever of two people. Meaning, the fever that a normal individual would get, it's multiplied by two, that much of fever. Then this young companion immediately asks the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, if that is the case, will you get double reward as well? The Prophet ﷺ said, yes, of course. And then he went on to say, for every calamity, every distress, along the lines of these words, that a believer is put through, fever, sickness, sadness, Ram, ham, all these things, all these difficulties, so much to the extent that even if a thorn were to prick him, his sins would fall off like dry leaves falling off a tree. Allahu Akbar. 
And this is because Allah loves us. Therefore, let us look at the tests that are around us with vigilant eyes, identify them and behave accordingly, react accordingly, turn to Allah seeking His forgiveness in Tawbah, mend our ways, turn away from sin, distance yourself from sin, distance yourself from pride, from arrogance, these sicknesses of the heart that Allah despises, become humble, become kind, become loving, don't look down upon others, don't judge others. Don't think that, oh, because I go to the masjid and pray five times salah in the first row, that gives me the right to look down upon others. No, leave the judging to Allah. He, wallahu khairul hakimin, he is the best of judges, my dear brothers in Islam. With that I conclude, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us of our sins. May he accept our good deeds. May he help us to cleanse our hearts. May he cleanse our hearts. May he help us to purge our hearts of all negative elements like jealousy, anger, hatred, pride, all these problematic maladies. And just as how he united us here in this masjid, may he unite us in the beautiful and lofty gardens of Jannah, in the companionship of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Ameen, ameen, wa akhir da'wai, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.